At Black Nerds Create, we love all things fandom and creation, and we especially love fantasy. That's why we're excited for our newly named Black Magical History Month coming in February. Black Magical History Month is our sixth annual celebration of Black stories, characters, and fans across different fantasy media. Get ready for a month of digital events, challenges, and community turnups all across social media. To stay up to date and get more information, go to blacknerdscreate.com. I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to Hard Knock Life. Hard Knock Life. I'm Keith Chow. I am joined by one of our biggest fans, one of our few listeners of the podcast. She's making her return triumphantly to the show. This is her first time in the co-host chair, I believe. But welcome back to the Hard Knock Life podcast, Lauren Lola. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me back. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. But like I said, you were you've been on a few times in the past, but you're co-piloting today. How's that feel? You're you're the chewy to my Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected, but I'm along for the ride. <laughs> well, we have been on hiatus for for a good long time. And I, I think people were wondering if we were ever coming back. And Especially yeah. after you did not go on hiatus for a long time. <laughs> yes, that's right. We were supposed to go on hiatus. And then James Gunn kept doing a whole bunch of stuff at DC Studios, which we should be getting some news because he said he was going to announce the new DC slate sometime in mm. January, and we are tick, tick, tick towards the end of January. So hopefully we hear some some news about what the new slate of DC movies is. But we got a lot of catch up on since we've been gone for a month. But the biggest thing I want to talk about, and I'm glad to have you on, Lauren, is the Oscar nominations. Yes. Very excited. Love some Oscars here at the Nerds of Color. And particularly this year, this is probably the best Asian American representation at the Oscars, like ever. I don't think there's ever been this many Asian American nominees, particularly in the acting category. Like Asian American oh, yeah. never get nominated for for acting, even if a movie is Asian or Asian-esque. Think of Slumdog Millionaire, Crouching Tiger, Last yeah. Summer. The performers never get nominated. So this year we have four Asian American acting nominees, three from one movie. Right. So that's that's already historic. So anyway, before we get any further, what what was your impression of the of the Oscar nominations? I am very excited for everything everywhere. All at once having 11 nominations. Mm -hmm. That is so exciting. I was a bit worried because it's the Academy Awards and they don't like anything fun sometimes. (laughs) I'm just I'm just thinking to myself, like, if this film doesn't get nominated for literally anything, then I'm really questioning the intelligence of the entire Academy. Right. So the fact that it picked up 11 nominations is amazing. Very well deserved. Yeah. And, you know, I think when the movie was in March, is that when that movie came out last year? It's been April, wow. April March, April. So it's or, been like. Oh, wait, wait, no, the world premiere was at South by Southwest, which I think was last March. Um, but it's nationwide um, theatrical release was in April. Either way, it's like it's one of those things where like, you know, typically the, the Oscar movie comes out at the end of the year. Any movie that comes out early in the year, it's always like, well, will people remember it by the time they start actually nominating Oscar movies. And, That's you know, true. so there was some worry that like, would it get nominated? Would it get nominated? I thought like at the time, like 
finishing the movie, my first thought was Michelle Yeoh and Kihui Kwan definitely deserve Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think Stephanie Hsu would get it. I didn't think Stephanie Hsu would get it when they announced her name. That was a big surprise. Yeah, especially since she was getting overlooked a lot. Like she was in right. nominated for the Golden Globes for the Chris Choice Awards. And so the fact that she got nominated for an Academy Awards is like, thank you. Someone's recognizing yeah, her skill. Absolutely. absolutely. But but for sure coming out, I thought Kihui Kwan, Michelle Yeoh locks for the nomination. So I'm glad they got it. Because, you know, even if everything everywhere all at once got remembered, as we said just a minute ago, the Academy tends to forget Asian-American performers, even when they nominate Asian-American or Asian films, right? Like Parasite's mm-hmm. another example of an Asian film where somehow none of the actors were like skilled enough to, to carry the movie. So mm-hmm. the fact that essentially the entire cast of everything everywhere got nominated was was awesome. I think Michelle Yeoh, this should have been her third nomination, to be honest. Like the biggest numbers for her, I thought she deserved a supporting actress for Crazy Rich a couple of years ago. And mm, I thought she yeah. deserved the best actress for Crouching Tiger 20 mm. years ago, right? So this this is why I hope that she gets the, and it's not that it's not deserving, but I hope she gets the Al Pacino scent of a woman treatment where it's like, you know, here's apologies for not nominating you in, before, you know, here's your win. Because I haven't seen Tar yet and I've heard nothing but great things about Kate Blanchett's performance in Tar. She's got two Oscars already. Yeah. She probably will get two more at some point. They're never going to nominate Michelle Yeoh again. Like the chances of Michelle Yeoh getting another Oscar nomination, I feel like is a lot slimmer than Kate Blanchett getting another nomination. So she okay, should well, win. Yeah, what when phrased it that way, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic that it's like, you got one nomination in the bag. It opens the door for more. Well, true. I mean, yeah. And I'm not trying to diminish Michelle Yeoh's career. I mean, like I said, she's deserving of many Oscar nominations many times over. Mm-hmm. But but I think just if the race is between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett, and I'm a voter, I'm not a voter, but if I were a voter, mm-hmm. I would give the, I mean, again, the performances alone speak for themselves, but I would give the nod to Michelle just over, just for the fact that she, you know, this is her moment. And, yeah. I, you know, Kate Blanchett's going to give, an, I'm just saying Kate Blanchett's going to give another performance that people are going to like praise her and award her for sometime in the future anyway. And I don't know that the Academy will recognize Michelle Yeoh again. That may sound cynical, but, you know, I don't know if you paid any attention to the Andrea Riseborough uh, controversy that she's the the indie actress who got a surprise nomination for best actress after only campaigning for like a week just because she's got famous friends. I hope that doesn't make her win the award. That would be the that would be the crazy thing if Andrea Riseborough wins best actress after all that stuff. And I also would it would be remiss to not mention the fact that this category one of the glaring holes is that Viola Davis and Deanna Detweiler did not get nominated for Woman yeah. King. Or, I was very surprised. Yeah. Talk about snubs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just uh, other than that, the, the, the other big nomination, I think, is Kihui Kwan. I think he's the favorite. He's won all of the preceding awards. What is, what's your opinion on, on his comeback coming full circle and potentially like culminating with an Oscar win. Okay, so that's interesting because I know that a lot of hype is being done about him. It's like he was in Indiana Jones, he was in the Goonies. 
But the fact of the matter is that for me, I'd never seen him in any of those films. Mm. So my initial exposure to him is through everything, everywhere, all over. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, like, well, okay, maybe not entirely true. So he made a brief appearance in Finding Ohana, the Netflix Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which was his, like, that was the beginning of his comeback, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I guess timing-wise, he had to have filmed that, like, right before he started filming Everything Everywhere. But, of course, I didn't really know who he was at the time, so I didn't even think to look for him. But, like, seeing, you know, his performance in this, I'm like, God, why did Hollywood turn him away for so long? He's so good. Wait, so you've never seen The Goonies? I've never seen The Goonies. And you've never seen Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom? I've never seen any of the Indiana Jones films. I smell another Lauren watches a movie for the first time <laughs> post for the Nerds of Color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my parents secretly judge me for, okay, well, not so secretly judge me for having never seen the Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've never gone around to it. <laughs> Maybe uh, at least before, in the lead up to the Oscars, I think at the very least, you should do a Ki Hui Kwan, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> movie catch up and just, and just check out the Goonies and Temple of Doom at the very least. But like, how was he as a kid, like performance wise? Yeah, no, he was great. I mean, he's the like, <laughs> he's my favorite Goonie, is portrayal of Data. I think he was the best Goonie for sure. And, you know, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the Temple of Doom. It wasn't, it's not my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And there's some mm. problematic aspects of that movie, like writ mm. large, but Short Round is not one of them. Like his character, he he's very much like the cute kid. And it's funny too, because I think a lot of like the narratives around his comeback story is couched in like child star coming back and it's more yeah. nuanced than that it's not just that he was a child star but like he's and he said in interviews and it just kind of gets overlooked in some of the other narratives is that it's also because he's asian like hmm. he's a cute asian kid was in these movies but as he got older opportunities for asian males in particular dried yeah. up and that's why he couldn't that's why he left acting for 30 years it wasn't just like i couldn't be the cute kid anymore you know yeah, which, is, which is, I mean, there's parts truth to that, but it's the Asian Americans could not, you know, be cast in anything for three decades. I mean, that's why he cites Crazy Rich Asians and seeing that and the hype around that and the movement behind that movie as his inspiration to get back in the business, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely been hearing those interviews. And again, even though I wasn't familiar with him before last year, I'm glad that he's here now. Yeah, absolutely. So, He's got a nomination, and we mentioned Stephanie Shu has a nomination, and the other non-everything-everywhere-all-at-once actor nom is for Hong Chao and the Whale, a movie I haven't seen yet. But Hong Chao yeah, is another neither. actress who's super deserving of a nomination. I think she's been overlooked a couple times in the past, but it's just so exciting that we have four Asian-American acting nominees in one year. And then beyond that, you have Daniel Kwan, who's one half of the Daniels, getting mm -hmm. a screenplay nomination, a director's nomination. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm assuming he's got a producer nomination for, for the movie as well. And you have... Well, I think Jonathan Wang who... Jonathan, and either way, Jonathan Wang producer. will have it because yeah. from, from everything, everywhere. And then yeah. that movie's uh, score was composed by Sun, Sun Lux, Lux, who are yeah. Asian-American, or two-thirds Asian-American. And then yeah. the original song is Sun Lux, David Byrne, and Mitski. So it's mm -hmm. like just so many, so much representation at the Oscars yeah. this year. So yeah. Yeah, I skipped last year's Oscars just because there wasn't really anything nominated that I cared to mm -hmm. watch. And when I heard about everything that happened, I'm like, 
Well, glad I missed that. But this year, <laughs> this year I'm definitely tuning in. Who's Michelle Yeoh gonna slap at the Oscars this year? I wanted to see it. I oh, want to see God. Michelle Yeoh kick somebody. You know, well, I mean, <laughs> there's. I mean, she did say like, "I can beat you up." Okay. Yeah, right. She, she did threaten the piano player at the Golden Globes. So, she didn't threaten the piano player. She threatened the person playing the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, other than everything, everywhere all at once, are there any other? Oscar contenders that you caught up on um, in the last couple months since leading up to the Oscars? Like, for example, have you seen Banshees of Sharon or Elvis or what, what are your thoughts on the other nominees in this category or in the, in the ceremony overall? I've seen Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised? I actually wasn't surprised Wakanda forever was overlooked. I didn't think it was, it wasn't the, we've talked about it on the podcast. Wakanda forever wasn't the cultural juggernaut that the first Black Panther mm-hmm. was. Right. So I wasn't anticipating it getting any kind of... I knew Angela Bassett was going to get the supporting actress nominee, and I feel like she's... Yeah, and the fact that she's the first actor nominee from a Marvel. for an acting award for the Academy Awards is something to acknowledge and celebrate. Yeah, for sure. For Especially for the nerds of color, right? Like, that's yeah. a big deal that Marvel's finally broken the Oscar glass ceiling, and I think she's the prohibitive favorite. But other than that, I, did, yeah, I didn't think Wakanda Forever was going to get as many nominations as the first Black Panther did. Right, yeah, I agree. And, you know, like, to give you the benefit of the doubt, like, it had a lot to carry on its shoulders yeah. with, you know, all the all the story, all the weight of having not having Chadwick there and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've, I've seen a few of the Best Picture noms. I haven't seen all of them. I think I've probably seen half. I've seen everything everywhere, of course. Mm-hmm. I've seen Top Gun Maverick, Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah, I just saw Avatar earlier this month. Yeah, so I mean, that it didn't get really as many nominations as you would think it would get for it to be a Best Picture nominee, which is kind of weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I remember when in 2010 when the first Avatar was nominated, yeah. like it got nominated for Best Score even. That wasn't even the case this year. But also I'm like, you know, when it comes down to it, which one do I remember more? Avatar or Everything Everywhere All at Once? Right, well, that's the thing. And I don't, I don't think Everywhere is well here's the thing about everything everywhere being the most nominated movie is that i think at least the last five or six oscars mm-hmm. the most nominations has not won best picture i think the last time was the shape of water where the film with the most nominations won best picture so i'm, I'm a little mm-hmm. worried that because mm-hmm. it's leading the the pack that it may not win best picture but i mean if it doesn't win best picture i I'm I'm I won't be super sad. I mean, I feel like I, the biggest upset is Kihui Kwan doesn't win. I think he's mm, the, yeah. the the prohibitive favorite for best supporting actor. And if he gets upset, that I think that might portend some <laughs> bad things for the movie for the rest of the ceremony. So I'm hoping, mm. you know, he, he's going to be like the 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 bellwether for me. Michelle Yeoh, like I said, it's between her and Kate Blanchett. I feel like Kate Blanchett, you know, is probably going to win, but I'm really pulling for Michelle Yeoh best supporting actress is Angela Bassett and then best actor I think is is Colin Farrell so I think those are the four like leading that's the other thing I'm worried about Michelle Yeoh is that I feel like the Academy rarely gives multiple acting Oscars for the same movie you know they they may want to spread it around so that's if Kihui Kwan is guaranteed to win the best supporting actor that that makes it tougher for Michelle Yeoh but Mm. anyway the other best picture nominees i've seen i said i've seen avatar i've seen banshee's vanisher and top gun and everything everywhere all at once i haven't seen the others 
Uh, one movie I did want to ask you about is Triangle of Sadness. Were you familiar with that at all? It made a splash at Cannes, but it also, speaking of Best Supporting Actors, there was some oh. potential momentum for a Dolly De Leon nomination. She didn't get it, which would have given yeah. us five Asian nominees this year but yeah for you yeah i haven't so i haven't seen the film but i've definitely been following the story of of her of being nominated and of being the first filipino for that matter of being nominated mm-hmm. in those categories yeah so that was that was that was we we almost had five yeah right? that would have been really cool but anyway so do you have any other predictions before we before we wrap this discussion about the oscars any other pre- Predictions. Yeah, like we, I, I gave you my acting now, uh, who I think are going to win. Do you, right. do you have any thoughts of who may or may not win? I think one prediction I will name is that I think Lift Me Up by Rihanna will win Best Song. Mm. Yeah, I think that will win over This Is a Life. Because mm-hmm. like, look at the song, look at who wrote on it. Like Ryan Coogler has a right songwriting credit on that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's clearly in tribute to Chadwick. So. No, that, I, I, I mean, that's know. a, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the other thing too, is that like every year they have the performers perform. Yeah. That's an opportunity to have Rihanna perform like, like a couple weeks after performing at the Super Bowl, she'll perform at the Oscars, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see Mitski and David Byrne perform. I think Lady Gaga has a nomination. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, that's a great, that's a great prediction that it will be another Marvel win. If that's the case, mm-hmm. Marvel will go two for two for, best song and best supporting actress and then i guess the the you know i know we're both rooting for everything everywhere all at once and would you would you put it on the line that that's your prediction that that's going to win best pictures here i i don't know if it's my prediction it's just what i want to happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah but I, to be honest i have aside from everything everywhere and avatar i haven't seen any of the other best picture mm. nominees so i wouldn't be able to really make an accurate prediction even right 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 yeah and then, you know, for what it's worth, it's never about the best movie, right? It's about the movie that gets the most votes from from a very, like, exclusive club of people. Because, like, yeah. no, one, no one can tell me Green Book was the best movie of 2018. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, we won't go down that road. We, what we will do is take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to catch up on some trailers that we missed while we were on vacation and wrap up with what's nerd popping. Guess what? Goalie Nutrition is sponsoring Hard Knock Life, and you can go to goalie.com to buy apple cider vinegar gummies, their ashwagandha gummies, super fruit gummies, and super greens gummies, and you get 10% off plus free shipping if you use the code HARDKNOCK at goalie.com. This is honestly, I've been taking the goalie gummies now for, for a couple weeks, and I have to say, they're tasty and they're good for you. Have you guys been enjoying the goalie gummies? I really like them. They're yummy, but it's a nice to add to my like routine of already like I normally take just straight vitamin C, so it's nice to have like extra supplements. For a long time people have have praised the benefits of apple cider vinegar and you know as someone who's had to like drink straight apple cider vinegar sometimes when i'm not feeling <laughs> well or you know i have a some joint pain and your mom is like drink some apple cider vinegar. It's mm. not the most appetizing home remedy let's just say no, right. it tastes horrible so, like the apple cider part is like ooh, does it taste like apple cider and it's like no it tastes like vinegar but acv is very good for you and the fact that goalie has been able to put the acv into these 
tasty little gummies made with pectin and fruit peels, which make them vegan, which is cool. So if you're vegan, you can still rock these gummies because everyone knows gummies are usually made out of like gelatin and nasty shit. This These are made out of complete non-GMO, gelatin-free, gluten-free, vegan ingredients. And you can get the benefits, all of the benefits of apple cider vinegar taking these tasty, delicious, convenient gummies. So go to goalie.com. And use the code HARDNOCK, that's H-A-R-D-N-O-C, just like the podcast you're listening to. Get 10% off your purchase of Goalie products and free shipping. It's a much better delivery device for that apple cider vinegar. Yeah. These Goalie gummies are great. You get it and it's it's a delicious little candy. And I've been enjoying the Superfruits one. I did feel kind of refreshed after taking a few of those. Yeah, no, but I'm loving them so far. And they're definitely tasty. If you just want tasty gummies, at least just (laughs) eat them for the the yummy Yeah. Yeah. So go to Goalie.com, use the code HARDNOCK, H-A-R-D-N-O-C, get 10% off your purchase and free shipping at Goalie.com with the code HARDNOCK. So we are on the other side of the holidays. And one thing that the holidays always do is give us gifts. And the studios <laughs> gave us a bunch of gifts while we were out, uh, and particularly in the last couple of weeks. And that's some movie trailers and trailers for upcoming streaming shows. We'll start with the streaming show since we do have our resident Star Wars expert. She writes about all the Star Wars stuff for the Nerds of Color for us. You have thoughts on the Mandalorian trailer? It looks pretty exciting. You know, I attended Star Wars Celebration last year, so we already got early looks at Mm -hmm. what's to come for season three well before anyone else. And that never came out. Like the trailer for the Celebration folks was never shown that's true yeah i like as soon as i start dropping the trailers i never watch them and i'm like wait a minute this isn't when i saw a celebration so it is different i was going to ask you that was one of the things i wanted to ask you is like was there stuff in the celebration trailer that wasn't here and vice versa so this was a whole new cut footage than what you saw back in what was it i mean there's definitely similar elements they just might be rearranged a little differently but i think the most recent trailer to drop recently did i think showed i guess the ruins of mandalore mm-hmm. if i'm remembering correctly and i know that okay so of the two trailers i saw star wars celebration it was the second one where we saw like an extended cut and it ended with seeing mandalore and ruins for mm-hmm. the first time and we're just seeing them like wow we're really gonna go there yeah 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 well and one of the things you do cover for us on the nerds of color is the animated stuff you, you write about the bad batch you've interviewed mm-hmm. the actors you've written about clone wars and one of the things about The Mandalorian, especially in the last couple of seasons, like the first season Mandalorian was pretty self-contained, but like mm-hmm. season two on plus Boba Fett, it's because Boba Fett, let's be honest, like it was half of it was The Mandalorian season 2.5 was is very much tying into Rebels and Clone Wars, maybe some Bad Batch, who knows, right? Like what 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 is your thought on that? Like as someone who's like super into the animated stuff to see the animated stuff and the live action stuff for the first time really coming together. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we get to see, I mean, we've already seen Bo-Katan, right. But like get to yeah. see her and, you know, then maybe dueling over the, the dark saber. So mm-hmm. what, what what's your thoughts as a, as a huge star Wars animation fan, seeing that stuff come to life through particularly the Mandalorian. I think as long as it's being done well, which it has so far, then I'm really enjoying it. You know, I think that prior to this recent wave of Star Wars content, I feel like a lot of people didn't really take the Star Wars animated series 
seriously. And even still, like to some extent, there are some people who still have never seen an episode of Clone Wars, which is mm-hmm. so wild to consider. But now that they're incorporating them more into, you know, the current live action series and what's coming up in the year, you know, and now it's more like, hey, if you want to not be lost on the way, maybe you should check these shows out. And plus, like, Dave Filoni is the man behind a lot of them. And yeah. he's been providing a lot of great content to the live action series. Yeah, I mean, he's essentially become the main source of content for Star Wars, right? He's the he's the George Lucas. He's the Kevin Feige, in a sense, for mm-hmm. for Star Wars now because of all of the live action stuff kind of runs through Dave and then the anime stuff runs through Dave. I know there's been some controversy. I don't know how much of a book reader you are. But particularly like with Tales of the Jedi, there was some controversy around Dave kind of like contradicting stuff in the books. Because like, you know, one of the things, you know, for me growing up as a a Star Wars fan back in the pre-Disney days, back in the old George Lucas days, Mm -hmm. was that even though there were books and comics and even TV shows back then, the Ewoks had a TV show, for example, in the 80s, Lucas always said, you know, the canon was the movies. Everything else was just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it's whatever. He'll he'll take some things from there, but you don't have to like really read everything to know what's going on in the world. And then post-Disney takeover, where they kind of like streamlined continuity, everything. where yeah. everything counts. Everything yeah. is one thing, where comics, video games, movies, it's all the same story. Now it's now you can't really like contradict itself. And if you do, people get upset. So where do you land on that philosophy of like, you know, the comic said or the book say one thing about Ahsoka's origin, but then Dave mm-hmm. does an episode of Tales of the Jedi, which contra- and full disclosure, I don't know what the, the controversy is, like the details of it. I just know that people were upset. Mm-hmm. So I mean, let me just take take it to you. Like, what is your opinion on continuity and where things pick up and where they don't? I mean, I guess the lazy answer would be from a certain point of view, this is how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how this story is told so great um, that but, phrase does so much work <laughs> in star wars doesn't it yeah that's the lazy answer but um <laughs> you know honestly like i think that maybe when disney had initially acquired the rights of star wars i don't think they were thinking you know as far ahead as they maybe could have about whether or not everything counts especially with as you were saying like i know exactly the controversy you were referring to about like this is how it's told in this story, but in this thing, it's told like this. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, for any Star Wars viewers out there, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. If, if depending on what story you're watching, if you feel in your heart that that's the way to go, then that's the way to go. And then you could just discard um, any other interpretation of it, I suppose. That would yeah. be my only advice. Just like, just don't take it too seriously. Yeah. And then I do think that like, that's a problem with nerds in general, right? Like we are so obsessed with continuity yeah. times that it, it gets to the point where like you know if it's a good story it's a good story and the continuity stuff will work itself out right like yeah that's i've kind of evolved on that like i used to be very particular about like well if that's if this particularly like with star trek right like star trek especially back in the day star trek was very like particular about its continuity from the original series to the next generation deep space nine like there was a very clear through line and it started you know and any any property that's like going on 40 50 years mm-hmm. it's going to get messy right like yeah. think of marvel right like that that's why there's so many reboots in comics it's like oh this continuity is out of hand let's just start over and what's interesting is that like 
DC, you know, we mentioned James Gunn earlier. They're taking the approach of once the DCU kind of reboots itself with James Gunn's vision, they're taking the Star Wars approach where it's everything is connected. The TV yeah. shows, the movies, the animation, the video games. And I just worry, honestly, about that route because mm. unless you're micromanaging everything, you know, if a video game decides to do make this decision with a character, but then the TV show makes a different decision, what do you do? Because you're going to get mm. you're going to have fans get upset, yeah. and they're already in a pickle because, you know, there's there's been an established continuity for the last, I guess, going on ten years, right? Like since Man of Steel, and you know, we we've talked so much about on the podcast with like. Black Adam and Henry mm-hmm. Cavill and all that stuff like James Gunn's kind of saying like we're resetting but at the same time they're like released they're still releasing movies set in that continuity now right yeah. we're about to get Shazam Fury of the Gods which just released its official trailer we have a Flash movie that's still apparently going to come out and uh, a pre Beetle movie and and we're ending the year on Aquaman so like those movies are all still set in the original continuity I think DC is going to be announcing its new continuity in the next couple of days. So like, it's messy, Mm -hmm. but you made the bed. Now you got to lie in it. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like DC stuff and particularly the Shazam. I mean, I don't really follow DC. I've only been hearing bits and pieces about it, mainly from my brother. Yeah. But. Any excitement for Shazam? No, I've never even (laughs) seen the first one. And it's funny, like, you know, we just mentioned the flash is kind of like, you know, filled with controversy because Ezra Miller is just, you know, he's yeah. a walking felony. But then, you know, I, I, I find the Warner Brothers like PR department. I just don't know what to do because right before we started recording, like Zachary Levi is now the main character on Twitter for, you know, posting like what can be interpreted as anti-vax stuff on Twitter. And it's just like, yeah. why would you, even if you feel this way, dude, like you just released the trailer for your movie, you're ramping yeah. up marketing for, for your movie why would you now let's let me now weigh into like anti-vax conspiracy theories on twitter like you know it's it's just like he and ezra miller are like how can we fuck up our <laughs> market your careers your lives <laughs> you're just, just asking to get canceled at this point <laughs> and <laughs> the sad thing is that like i wasn't that impressed with the shazam trailer but it is what it is last trailer that mm. we'll talk about is the most recent Ant-Man trailer. Are you excited at all for Quantumania? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I've seen the first two Ant-Man films. And so I just thought like, yeah, we'll just see what this one looks like. And yeah. It's, about it. it's, is, it, it's, is it just me or like, did it, it just seems ugly. In what way? Like, like I don't know, wise? like the CG, the environments. It's just not something I feel like I want to spend time in. Like the quantum realm just seems like it's just a lot of CG nonsense. I don't know. Yeah. And plus, wasn't it already kind of utilized in Endgame because that's how they travel through time? Yeah. They use the quantum realm. And so then what? Like, so then why go back to it? Well, I think from the trailer previous, the daughter, I forget, I'm blanking on her name all of a sudden. But the Scott's daughter creates mm-hmm. some device that's like sending a signal to the quantum realm. And then Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Janet, is like, no, don't do that. And I think that's how they awaken Kang, who's going to be the big Thanos of the this new multiverse saga. So, I, I mean, 
Yeah, we we'll we'll cover Ant Man. Don't don't worry about that. But I don't know, just something mm-hmm. about maybe it's also I'm getting more you know cynical in my old age too. But like like I said, the Shazam trailer, I didn't, I wasn't that impressed with the Ant Man trailer. I wasn't that impressed with. I I thought the Mandalorian trailer looked interesting. I was it was cool to see all the different Mandalorians, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and and then to your point about like seeing Mandalore, I will say though that like I'm a little worried that the Mandalorian is getting a little too plot heavy because what I liked so much about the first season mm-hmm. was it was kind of episodic. It was just like Din Djarin and Grogu going from town to town, having different adventures. Yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub style. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, Pedro Pascal is starting to get typecast as the reluctant dad figure who has to traipse a child on his adventures because <laughs> the last of us is, is his latest you know, in the genre, which which is something we'll we'll probably talk about more on the podcast uh, in coming weeks. But you know, Pedro Pascal is the you know he's doing that in the Mandalorian. He's doing that in the Last of Us. But it was kind of cool. Where it's like, where do they go next? How are they going to get out of trouble? Very much old school, old school westerns. You know, TV show style. And then you know, season two got a little bit more continuity heavy. The the mm-hmm. aspects of I speaking of like continuity, like. Do you think people who who only watch The Mandalorian are going to be confused if they didn't watch Boba Fett? Because like Mandalorian ends with Grogu being taken away. And then like, unless there's a recap, you know, you're going to start season three with like, well, why is Grogu with Din again? I thought Luke Skywalker took him away, you know? Hmm. I mean, I'm assuming if they follow the Mandalorian, then they probably know he shows up in Boba Fett. So yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. too worried. I mean, like for the real fan, I'm just thinking like anyone. I mean, that's the thing too. Like to the, at this day and age, is there a such thing as a casual fan? You know, who's like unaware of the things that are happening. So it's a deep question that I don't have the answer to. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that those are the trailers. We'll 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 like I said, talk more about Ant Man as we get closer to the release in February. But until then, Lauren, what is nerd popping with you? So I've been checking out some of the virtual programming through this year's Sundance Film Festival. Um, there were actually several films I wanted to check out, but most of them were only in person. So the mm-hmm. films that I did check out online were Free Minds from director Babak Jalali, Fancy Dance by director Erica Tremplay, and Shortcomings directed by Randall Park. Yeah, awesome. And what did you? What are your initial thoughts of the the Sundance films you've seen so far? It's a mixed bag. Um, some are more lighthearted than others, and some are a bit more intense. But there's a lot of stories to go around, um, just from this small batch alone. That I look forward to seeing where they go from from here. Have you ever um, been to Utah, the actual festival? No, I have never been until two years ago when it was completely virtual i had mm. never experienced sundance at all that's one of the things that's like on a bucket list for me you know like just to just yeah to that's something. yeah that's one of my coworkers has said the same is like you should check out sundance at one point but the thing is is that it's in utah yeah in january and i don't <laughs> like the cold yeah well that's true yeah, I legit was just chatting with a friend of mine who lives in Utah this morning, and she was saying the exact same thing. She's like, yeah, there's people here skiing, and there's two film festivals, and there's a tech conference that just happened recently. And I'm like, wow, it's a really busy time for yeah. Utah. Maybe it's not cold. You know, maybe it's not like there's no, a lot it, of snow. It snowed, it snowed quite a bit recently. That's what she yeah. was telling me. 
but it's like it's you know it's one thing to be in like chicago in february because that sucks i've done that don't do that like mm-hmm. where, the, where the cold hurts when you step outside but i wonder if it's like it might be snowy but might, maybe it's pleasant i don't know never been but i would like to what's nerd popping for me and I, I don't know if this qualifies so much as nerd popping but there was an article or an interview in the Washington Post this week uh, mm-hmm. about Marie Kondo. And in ah. that interview, Marie says that she's kind of, quote unquote, given up on tidying because she's had three kids. And the Internet lost its fucking mind. <laughs> you know, I, okay. like people were like, vindication and she's a fraud and screw her. And I'm like, why are people so pressed about Marie Kondo? I don't know, man. I, I don't, <laughs> like, have I you don't, seen? Have you seen like the re, just not even to this article, but just in general? Like, there's a there's definitely a certain slice of the internet, not just Twitter, but like people writ large on the internet who, I guess, feel personally attacked by Marie Kondo's like existence. And I just don't understand. Like even before this article came out. Yeah, even before this particular article, like when, when particularly when the Netflix show came out, because I don't think people gave a shit when her books came out. But the Netflix show was kind of this phenomenon a couple years ago. And people were like, screw that bitch. She can't tell me what books to throw away. And it's like, first of all, her whole philosophy is like, keep what makes you happy and get rid of what doesn't. If having a zillion books in your library makes you happy, keep them. But if there's some books where you're like, I don't know why I have this book, donate it, get rid of it. And like book Twitter lost its fucking mind. They were like... How dare she tell me what books to get rid of? And it's like, oh, well, okay. one, she didn't. <laughs> but anyway, but so this whole article about her kind of like giving up on tidying. The other thing I want to say is that like, I think Marie Kondo's I'm not tidy is very different from your I'm not tidy. Yeah. <laughs> if that you took can a picture be... of her house now, it's still going to look way more organized than your house, you know? Yeah, it could be like, oh, the... I don't know. My stack of books is slightly more crooked than usual. <laughs> exactly. That could be like her example of not tidy. Yeah. But it's like, you know, she had three kids and people change. Yeah. You know, especially when they go through major life changes like that. So like I feel like this is one of those things where people are once again taking things out of proportion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, this the glee that which people are like responding to that is just kind of like rubs me the wrong way. And I've decided like I'm going to tidy my, you know, social media and just block people who don't spark joy <laughs> on Twitter. There and we go. So if you got if you come from Ricondo, I'll just block you. And that's that'll be that. Anyway, <laughs> that's our return. Hard knock life. Hopefully Dominic and Brittany will be back. We miss you guys. Yeah, I can only carry on so many conversations when <laughs> they're about Marvel or DC or other. I know, and I don't having follow. Lauren on the show, we lose one listener. We need Lauren to listen to us. <laughs> but in the meantime, how can people find you, Lauren, on the internet? I guess you can follow me on Twitter, although I don't really frequent that space anymore. So Instagram is the better option. Um, and if it's okay for me to plug this, Keith, um, I have a graphic novel coming out this yeah, week. Yeah, of course, Sig. please, please. So, yes, it's called The Sick. It's a martial arts historical fiction graphic novel that I'm very excited to release, hopefully sometime in the next few months. It's in the works. Um, but if you want more updates, follow us at dasig1521, or you can follow our website at dasig.ph. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the description. You can follow me on Twitter at the real child, the underscore real underscore child, and follow the Nerds of Color at the Nerds of Color. 
and go to hardknockmedia.com to find all of the podcasts in the Hard Knock family. Give us a rating and a review if you do. Go to patreon.com slash the nerds of color to support us there. Subscribe to our videos at youtube.com slash the nerds of color. And until next time. This is the way. This is the way. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody.